This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I have in my home a wonderful human being named Dennis Curley. How are you doing, Dennis? I'm doing well. How are you, Joseph? Good, good. And uh, Dennis has been on the podcast before. You were on the uh, role-playing episode. I was on the... I was going to call it the Dungeons & Dragons episode, but that's a mistake. It was role-playing. Yeah, but it was... Let's yeah, be honest. It was Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and you are you are a Dungeons and Dragons guy, right? I am. You I am. And are you still playing? I am actually. I'm running a campaign with some friends. I had to take a break from dungeon mastering because <laughs> because it was taking over my life, and I was unable to keep up with all of it. So something had to go. Oh, really? It's it's not as easy as when I was like 14 and didn't have much and didn't have a life. Yeah, right? I didn't I mean, have a life. Know, yeah. <laughs> outside of school, my time was my own. So did you do like a cliffhanger? For your your, I I allowed them to. So my approach uh, for this particular campaign was like a season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I, I decided that there was a big bad, nice, and that there was a certain arc that I would expect the players to go through. But there were resting points along the way, and, okay. And I got them to one of those resting points, and then another guy in the campaign took over, DMing. Sort of, he he let everyone sort of step aside. I think they kept their characters. I attended one of these sessions. Okay. And he wouldn't let me play his character. I tried to play his character, and then he got mad. So is this like, is this a, are they like doing Angel? Is this a spinoff from your Buffy? Yeah, it, it really was. It, it was, and I wanted to be Wesley, right? And I just wanted to make, <laughs> I wanted to make Wesley's choices for him. And the guy who, who normally runs Wesley, but was now the DM, he said, no, I would never do that. And I said, but you're sitting over there. He said, no, I won't let you do that. So, so it was unsatisfying okay. DM for me. Exactly. God problems right? there. So I didn't. I only went to one session. Oh, okay. So I have no idea what they've been doing without me. Okay. I'll be going. Back. Well, I'd be happy to talk to you all day about role playing. But we're here <laughs> to talk about John Denver. Yes. Now, when I asked you, you said that you were a big fan of John Denver, but you are not technically obsessed with John Denver. That is true. Okay. So, what for you is obsession? Why? Why does your John Denver love not meet the requirements of obsession? To me, obsession is. All consuming, right? I mean, right. I I admit, and I to, to touch back on what we already talked about. <laughs> I was obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons, okay, for a long time. In fact, my seventh grade English teacher, uh, part of our our ongoing, and and he was a cool guy, uh, Mr. Kearney in Syracuse, New York. He uh, <laughs> he taught English at Levy Middle School. I have no idea if the man is still alive or yeah. whatever. Anyway. Great guy. Uh, he, in fact, would DM for us after school sometimes. But Wow. I know, right? That it's, is really cool. He was an incredibly cool guy. He was a great guy. So we, um, we were supposed to write in, uh, we were supposed to write a short story a week or a day or something, you know, a couple of pages every day. Right. So people just do this as the artist way or whatever. And he wrote in, when he handed it back once, he said, great writing, but I worry that all you ever write about is fantasy role playing because it, it wasn't like me playing. I, I would create characters and I would write. So I was writing fiction, basically. Okay. But in in the world of, of swords and sorcery, and so I would say that for a period of years I was obsessed with that. Uh, okay. So you say, see that it almost tips into maybe being problematic. Yes. So if you when you're doing something in life and you say I think this is too far. I think my English teacher might give me a note about this. Right. That's an obsession. That's an obsession. Okay. Yes. And I was obsessed with. Uh, I know we keep now we've talked about everything the same. I was obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer when I was on. I had to know everything. 
But now that's over and that obsession is gone. So I, I think I'm a bit of, uh, uh, I have a bit of OCD. I get fixated on things. So you're a serial obsessive, yeah. right? Yes. You move from one Very thing good. to the other. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, that's familiar <laughs> to me for some reason. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, but let's talk a little bit about John Denver, let's. your not obsession. Because okay. I think one of the things I like about this podcast is actually playing around with the idea of what obsessed means to different people. Sure. And, and I think it would be fun to see how much spills out about okay. John Denver. Absolutely. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't even know who the fuck John Denver is, who is like wondering, is that a character I forgot about on Buffy? <laughs> <laughs> who is who is John Denver? John Denver is an American singer-songwriter. Was. He passed away in 1997, I believe. American singer-songwriter, folk musician, typically classified as a folk musician. Um, he... Uh, had spent some time in Minnesota, which is where we are. I don't know if you have listeners all over the world, probably, but we are in Minnesota. He has a Minnesota connection, but he uh, was most known for his Colorado connection, wrote songs like Rocky Mountain High, which I believe is the official Colorado state anthem. Wow. And also uh, wrote Sunshine on My Shoulders and Annie's song. He's had a number of, thank God I'm a country boy, a number of hits, I would say. But he was most popular in the 1970s. So people think of him as sort of crunchy granola, 70s folk singer guy. Yeah. Now, you did a, a John Denver show, mm-hmm. and uh, you released a CD. It was a live show, right? Yes, live uh, show. And I attended it, and it was awesome, and it was Thank amazing. You. And I think that's part of the reason. It, it, for me, it's hard it was, It's hard to think of you not obsessed with John Denver, because you <laughs> had clearly had such passion and joy in singing his songs. Maybe I say I'm not obsessed because it was, like you said, I'm a serial obsessor. And so this was so long, so far back in my past. (laughs) Okay. For sure. And one of the things I talked about in the show was I do think that I so unconsciously took on everything John Denver that I sing like him now. Especially when I sing his songs, I think I sing just like he sang them. I'm not saying I sound like him, but I certainly breathe in the same places he did and I have the same vibrato and all that sort of stuff because I listened to to so much John Denver growing up. And so yeah, yeah. For, for listeners, Dennis sent me uh, some nice little audio clips that blended directly from the original John Denver song to Dennis's interpretation, and it is pretty damn seamless. It's, it's weird when you put them side by side like that, because I wasn't, I wasn't trying to imitate John Denver. It was not about... It was not a show about, look at me, try to be John Denver. It was not that at all. Right. It just... It just happens that but, that's how I sing it. But it is pretty fascinating. So, yeah. I, so I think that I'm just going to pause for just a second. And either, if I can figure it out, I will drop in one of those samples <laughs> when I'm editing the podcast. Or there will just be an awkward pause in the podcast. That'll be fun, too. Starting now. You fill up my senses like night in a forest. Like the mountains in springtime, like a walk in the rain, like a storm in the desert, like a sleepy blue ocean. You fill up my senses, come fill me. Okay, that's good. Good. <laughs> yeah, so it is pretty amazing and pretty seamless, but also, to my taste, you're actually a little bit better than John Denver. Oh, well, thank you. 
Why? I think because I can hear a, a different kind of passion that I like in a singer. I feel like, I believe John Denver. He's very sincere. But it feels like he's saying the words and it feels like you're singing the song. Hmm. Which I'm sure if there are John Denver fans listening to this podcast, they want to murder me right now. <laughs> they just turned it off. <laughs> can you turn off a podcast? I don't know. Uh, absolutely. Oh, okay. uh, it's been done many times, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so why, why, did, why did you first become uh, attracted to John Denver and his music? Did you like just his music? Did you like him? I, d- I knew very little about him. Well, that's not entirely true. He used to appear on The Muppet Show. Yes. So I did see him on television. Um, singing with the Muppets, right? Right. I didn't know anything about his like political political activism or, or mm-hmm. you know, his actual life. I did. I, I was a kid. What did I care about that? I cared about the Muppets. They were <laughs> Chandler and Waldorf were awesome. Um, but uh, my whole family, uh, my mom's family, are all sort of folky musician types. They okay. play the guitar and they sing, and so they would listen to this music. They would uh, Peter Paul and Mary and John Denver. And, so when, when did, if you just saw him on The Muppets and he was like, oh, that's, that's fine, there's a man singing with The Muppets, get back to the humor Muppets. Uh, when did you, you know, find him as a musician? I, I could sing along with him and to my mind sound pretty good. And there weren't a lot of people that I could sing along with and sound good. Okay. Right? I, yeah. I, I, I could... I could sing along with Peter, Paul, and Mary, for example, but I'd be singing Paul's part. And no offense, Paul. Nobody, nobody knows what Paul was singing. Nobody cares what Paul was singing. Everybody liked Mary because she was blonde and sang on the top, right? Right. So, <laughs> so that, that got me nowhere. And, and same with, you know, Judy Collins or Joni Mitchell or whatever. Um, but John Denver, you know. He was also blonde and he, he was, was the only one singing, so he was on top. That's right. And the, and so so that's how you initially made the connection is I'm singing along with him it feels right it feels good yep. obviously it like it got inside you like yep. you were possessed with the spirit of John yes. Denver yes but now as like a professional musician you compose you sing you do everything uh, do you find yourself returning to his music because you appreciate the actual music like the notes or the lyrics or the entire package of what his songs are. When you say returning to, what do you mean? Do you mean d- deciding I mean, to do a show about John Denver? Yeah, or do you yeah. Mean my other life as a musician. Well, either one. Like, why? Why, as a current musician, why does he mean something to you? Um, I I guess because I think. Wow, this, that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was doing the show. What I realized was is that he there, there's a there's a concept in in singing that we call the money note. <laughs> really? Yes, it's That's not awesome. <laughs> I know it's not. I I am not going to make that joke. <laughs> I'll stop myself as well. But the concept of the money note is. Um, <laughs> you see, you're, I'm just going to keep. I'm not going to make it, but I am going to laugh at it every time. Good. Is that there is a note that for any given singer. The, that's their note. Ah. That is where they sound the best. Okay. And for you know a singer like Whitney Houston, it was probably that C or D above middle C, if anybody cares. There, that was is that she, the one on II in the Bodyguard song? A lot of her songs, that long belty note okay. that she would hit. That was it. And Celine Dion, it's somewhere up there as well. And well, Britney Spears can't sing, so she doesn't really have one. Um, but her favorite auto tune button. Her favorite auto tune button, exactly. 
But, uh, and, and a lot of Broadway singers have that too. You know, right. singers know what keys they sound best. And well, John Denver's money notes <laughs> uh, are happen to be the same as mine. So okay. when, when he's singing those long notes that he sounds best on, that's, those are the notes I sound best on. Okay, cool. So that makes sense for the music. So yeah. do you like his lyrics in his aesthetic? I actually do. Uh, there are some people who think they're a bit on the corny side, and I, I can nod to that and acknowledge that, but, but they're simple and they're clear. Yeah. Which I appreciate. And I think I went on about this to you after your show, is I, I was struck by the sincerity of it. Right. Because like, I am of the generation of irony and sarcasm, <laughs> and I didn't like John Denver because sure. he just said what he meant, and that mm-hmm. seemed like dumb and corny. <laughs> but then when I saw my friend do this show and do, the, do it passionately, and after our society has been totally encrusted with sarcasm and irony <laughs> and meta, it was sort of like fun and like, oh... He, that guy's just saying what he means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, How yeah, novel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I do like the sincerity mm-hmm. of it. And he sang about things that mattered to him, I think. I don't, I don't feel like he was ever reaching, like trying to write a song about, you know, what it would be like to have a corporate job or whatever. That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible example because I, I wouldn't enjoy that either. But, you know, he Cocaine sang... Cocaine on my <clears throat> desk makes me happy. Yeah, for exactly, yeah. yes. <laughs> but he sang about he sang a lot of songs about Colorado. Well, that's kind of weird, and yet yeah. he lived there and loved Colorado. And just everybody else is gonna goddamn love Colorado through the beauty of my songs. That's right, excellent. That's right. So, I, well, I had some questions about specific okay. lyrics. Sure. Well, first, do you think that what do you think is his best and or his worst lyric? Oh man. Um, is this time for an awkward pause on that podcast? <laughs> or do I have to come up with it on the spot? Uh, I, best lyric. Um, I actually think the lyric to Annie's song is one of my favorites because mm-hmm. it's just a, a bunch of similes. Apparently he wrote the song in about five minutes while he's riding on a... Uh, what do you call those things? Because I don't do it. Uh, a ski lift. A ski lift. Okay, He's yes. riding on a yes. ski lift and... Something about what he was looking at struck him in a certain way, and he came up with the notion of, you fill up my senses like a night in the forest, like a mountain in springtime, like a walk in the rain. All, all of these things, you know, yes, perhaps a little corny, but, you know, when you stop and think about it, yes, a walk in the rain engages all of your senses. Right. That's a perfect simile. Yeah. And uh, so I think that song taken as a whole is probably one of his best. Yes. Yeah. I like it because it also doesn't necessarily say... That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of obsession, it good, could be point. you fill up my senses like a house fire. <laughs> because that would also engage all your senses, but just make you want to get the fuck out of yes, there. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. That's or a good like, point. Interesting. You fill up my senses like a snowstorm in March. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't want that. It's that is a bad morally thing. ambiguous. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so he, some questions about his lyrics. Okay. Um, does sunshine on your shoulders actually make you, Dennis Curley, happy? Yes. It really, <laughs> really does. So fucking sincere. <laughs> I could go on and on about why I live in Minnesota and not Seattle, but that's really... Uh, that's the sunshine on your shoulders? The sun shines here. Yes, yes. Uh, have you ever had cakes on the griddle? That's from the song Country Boy, Yes, it right? is. It's from Thank God I'm a Country Boy. <clears throat> and for those of you who aren't sure, I'm... Pretty sure he's referring to pancakes, not 
actual... Not like a birthday cake. Not like a birthday cake. <laughs> it's not a fried birthday cake. <laughs> Although that sounds awesome, too. No, I've never lived anywhere with a griddle. <laughs> so, so I've never, I've never had cakes on the griddle. How is a griddle... How is a griddle different from another heating implement? In no that idea. it rhymes with riddle? Perhaps, perhaps <laughs> that's the difference. Um, I believe... Uh, Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb, and you're going to get phone calls. Do we take live phone calls during this podcast? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're probably going to get phone calls about this, but uh, I was living with a friend once who was remodeling a house, and she insisted on buying a Gen Air, have we heard of this brand, mm-hmm. Gen Air yeah. range for the house. And it had, I believe, four burners and a built-in griddle. Okay. And what did that look like? It was flat. <laughs> so, okay. So, like, as opposed to a frying pan... Which is curved. Okay. I believe a griddle is flat. Just like if you imagine the, the fry cook in, at the diner who's going to like, you know, do some hash browns. Okay. That's that giant, big, flat piece of metal that gets really hot. So now I'm picturing John Denver cooking his cakes <laughs> on a big fucking Gen Air. <laughs> yes. Thank God. Oh. I'm in. Modern appliance boy. Uh, okay, so I didn't I didn't remember this lyric, but I like this song. Uh, I, I like the song Calypso, and I read yes. up a little bit about uh, okay. how it's all about exploration and uh, uh, the explorer, his explorer, uh, Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau, yes. Um, and I, I came across this lyric: "Like the dolphin who guides you, you bring us beside you." So my question is: Do you think that's a a good Idea? Would you like a dolphin to guide you? <laughs> As, they're not the ones that kill people now, right? The like, killer dolphins? Yeah. I mean, you, if they might. Are there killer dolphins? I, I would thinking, assume. Who? But but a dolphin <laughs> didn't kill a trainer at SeaWorld. That was a different kind of. Uh, uh, that was an orca, right? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I think an orca is kind of a killer dolphin. Yeah. I'm just gonna say as many <laughs> dubious facts <laughs> on this one podcast as I can. Perfect. Um, as long as the dolphin were not there to guide me with nefarious intent. I, I was, I, <laughs> so now we're getting back to your Dungeons and Dragons route. You're like, I don't know, the dolphin might be a wizard's familiar. That's right, that's right. Uh, what was the question? Did Would you like a dolphin to guide you? Um, yes. So as long as it wasn't with the intent to murder you. Or like lure me out to the Kraken. <laughs> Fair For enough. example. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So uh, I, I always read up on, on this topics on Wikipedia. Uh, so I did Perfect. actually, uh, I, I read on Wikipedia, and I doubted it until you just told me this fact. Okay. Uh, but on Wikipedia, it said that Annie's song uh, was composed in 10 minutes while on a ski lift in 1974. Oh, there you go. Which is just one of those great Wikipedia sentences. Yeah. So my question is, if you were on a ski lift... Mm. And you had 10 minutes, and it mm. was sort of like the John Denver challenge. Oh. Yeah? Who or or what would you compose something about? Ooh. If it was like a reality show, it was the John Denver challenge on the ski lift. Right. And I've all... I, I, not to digress too far. I've often <laughs> thought... You know, we're, we're sort of inundated with these, these reality talent shows right, right now. I mean, it started with, with the Ed McMahon show, Star Search. And now we've got The Voice and... And uh, 
American Idol and America's Got Talent and all this stuff. Biggest asshole, yeah. The biggest, America's biggest asshole. I, I thought, and maybe there is, such, maybe I thought this because there is such a thing, but I often thought, why isn't there, because I don't, I don't care for those shows. I'm not terribly interested in, in, in people shooting ping pong balls out of orifices or right. whatever passes as talent, <laughs> right? But, but I do find myself watching certain reality shows that involve people learning a skill and progressively getting better or worse. Right. So I do actually watch Dancing with the Stars. Sometimes for its ridiculousness and sometimes because, holy cow, that person really can dance. And they create a narrative on the the dance shows a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, And I also like Project Runway because, hey, that's a skill. That's a skill I don't have. But look at that. Every week, or however long it takes in reality, I don't know, maybe it happens every two days. But for us, every week, you have to create... From scratch, from your own head, a garment, right? Right. I couldn't do that. Why? I've often thought, why isn't there a songwriting show? And would enough people be interested in that? Interesting. Because, and you've got your mentors, you've got your Harry Connicks and your, uh, you know, Kid Rocks or whoever. You know, right. You've got your mentors and, and every week you have a songwriting assignment and you've got to deliver. So, I've, so your question while it seems out of left field, is something I've actually thought of before. If I were if I were put in a situation and said, do this, would I be able to pull it off? Oh, okay. And you had a limited amount of time. So you yeah. Can, okay. Absolutely. So so I guess the I bring that up because if you said I'm stuck on a ski lift for 10 minutes, what would I write a song about? I would do better if somebody said, you have to write a song about X, Y, or Z. And then I just do it. Okay. Where I've, And this is actually true in life. Where I struggle as a songwriter is coming up with the idea I've written songs for shows, and when people say, write it about this, it takes me 10 minutes. Okay. And when they say, we need a song in this scene, I might spend a week trying to figure out what it should be about. Well, okay, so for, for John Denver, when he was on that ski lift mm-hmm. for 10 minutes in 1974, okay. do you think that he thought the idea of these simple, powerful similes about things filling up your senses, or do you think he was thinking, I should write something nice about Annie? Nope, I think the first. Okay. I think for sure he thought... I think the, I bet from my own experience, what probably happened was those phrases popped into his head. So if the challenge on the ski lift was not necessarily to complete a song, but to just to decide who or what you would write about. Okay. Who or what might you write about? (laughs) If I were on a ski lift, my (laughs) (laughs) my thoughts would naturally drift towards skiing. I bet... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you are such a mix of pragmatic and romantic. Here's where my, here's, here's where my brain just went. And let's just pretend I was on the ski lift and this is what happened. Okay. I have to write a song, uh, skiing, snow, uh, adventurous, traveling. I immediately go to like Shackleford. I'm thinking I'm, thinking I'm going to write a song like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald about Shackleford's trip to Antarctica. That's, That's fucking amazing. There you go. That's well, awesome. I haven't written the song, but... Yeah, but, but sort of coming up with the idea, that's the first part. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't just... It's hard to write anything. I feel that way about any sort of comedy stuff. It's, as soon as I get inspired by an actual idea mm-hmm. and can picture even vaguely, like, how cool that will be after I do this horrible work of actually writing it, right. then it's easy to get excited. Yes, I agree. Yep. Cool. Um, so I know, I know that you're, you're kind of a... Uh, a geeky guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read on Wikipedia that there is a Star Trek filk version of Calypso where the lyrics have been altered to be about the Enterprise. Is that okay? 
<laughs> Do I need to know what filk means? Uh, that's uh, science fiction and folk jammed together. Filking. Do you know this term? I, I feel like you might have shared this term with me before, but I, <laughs> but I don't. I don't uh, know. I if don't you know. went to a, if you could travel back in time and go to a science fiction convention okay. in the seventies or eighties, sure. it is one of the main things you would hear drunkenly coming out of the next room. Really? Is the sound of filking. Which is people, what, singing folk music about science fiction? Yeah. Oh. Which kind of makes sense, uh, since that was sort of the emergence, I think, of what our, our modern convention culture mm-hmm. is, at the same time that people like John Denver were popular in ideas that geeks mm-hmm. would generally be friendly to mm-hmm. in the real world, like mm-hmm. exploration and yeah. being aware of the environment and all these things, I think, sort of coming together in this sort of... Very, very typical crunchy granola stereotype, sure. except for you're also dressed as a Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple of questions come to <laughs> You asked, is it okay? Yeah. Well, sure, it's okay. Anything's okay. But what language was it? Like, was it, <laughs> if it was in Klingon, I probably wouldn't like it. Because there was that episode where Worf went to this place looking for somebody, and he had to listen to Klingon opera, right? Do you yeah. remember this episode? Uh, no, I don't remember that one off, off the uh, top of my something head. Something melota, something she's playing. She's got like four <laughs> arms, and she's she's the piano player at the bar, right? Okay. She's playing some Klingon opera, and it was, it was god-awful. So if the song was in Klingon, I probably wouldn't like it. Not okay. Not okay. But um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. It's not okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll track down more info about it. it. It's very amusing to me. It is uh, super amusing to me, too. But, but it, it also makes perfect sense because it is. It, the original yeah. version of Calypso was about exploration. It was about the ship called Calypso, and it was about how it explored uh, an unknown frontier. Yeah. So on one level, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, on one level. On one but level. But we, we demand more <laughs> yes, than one, one level. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay. So also in reading up about John Denver, uh, you know, reading his Wikipedia page really quickly is kind of devastating because there's so many awesome things about him and like his death is pretty tragic, uh, plane accident and all mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also chunks about it where he, John Denver admits that he can be a very angry person mm-hmm. and had these really horrible divorces. Yep. And in particular, where I'm going with this is there's a passage in there where it's talking about how John Denver admitted that he got mad during his divorce proceedings and cut his bed in half with a chainsaw. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was a bed. Um, I, in preparation for the show, I read his autobiography, which oh, okay. surprisingly has nothing about his death. <laughs> I guess when I thought about it, an autobiography would only go up to a certain point. Exactly. Um, but he admitted in that autobiography that... Uh, and Annie, his wife at the time, still has the house in Denver. I assume she still has it. I can't remember. The house had a name. That was okay. why he named houses, right? D- does this house have a name, by the way? Mm, no, uh, garbage house. Garbage. <laughs> okay. It's a very nice house. Uh, garbage man. <laughs> so anyway, she, she got to keep the house, and he talked about, and he used to get, he used to drink a lot, and he owned up to that, and he got a couple DUIs, DWIs back then. Um and he talks about the time he showed up there and uh, she was having people over and having a party and he totally went nuts and screamed and broke a bunch of shit and then got a chainsaw. I, I thought he chopped up a table, but uh, I could be misremembering. Well, it, it is Wikipedia, so they might have just changed it to bed. They might have. Regardless, bed, better chair. Yeah, yeah. Bed is more impressive, so bed I want that. Bre- be, you're right. You're, that's, right. you're really putting your back into yeah. it if you're cutting a whole, like, queen-size bed in half. <laughs> 
Especially if it were a feather bed. Yeah, because then yeah. it's like, that's beautiful. That's yeah. a music video right there. there. Is. So my question is, though, I think the great thing about that is there's such a contrast between our cultural image of mm-hmm. uh, John Denver yep. and the act of cutting a bed slash chair in half with yep. a chainsaw. What would it be like if he had written a song about cutting a bed in half with a chainsaw? Because he has a song. One of his early popular songs was called Grandma's Feather Bed. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> <He> was. And, <laughs> but it was, you know, it was this sort of feel-good, you know, homage to childhood. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't cut Grandma's Feather Bed in half? No, he didn't. But like, He if lighted he, like, it on fire. If he wrote part mind. two and called it Annie's Feather Bed, right? And he, it's, it becomes this dark... <laughs> journey into his subconscious yeah can can you hum a few bars of what that might sound actually that was not a song i knew so uh, in part of of what that would sound like oh sure yeah Uh, yeah uh i burned Andy's bed down last night uh chopped it up with a chainsaw she was all afraid you know there's a there's a a rhyme for you Thank you. I didn't go for. <laughs> I didn't. Great. Didn't go for the money note. You didn't yeah, hit the money uh, note. Yeah. Um, can you can you change uh, that around a little bit? So yeah, a fright uh, is the money note. Uh, she was all a fright. Annie's feather bed. Oh, that's a totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was that was that uh, Rocky Mountain that Death? Right, yeah, that was Rocky Mountain. That was Rocky Mountain. Mountain Death. Sorry. That is. That's great. That's amazing. I really think you should write. <laughs> If you remount the John Denver song, mm. or John Denver show, you should write this song. Got it. About yeah. cutting the bed in half. I like what you, I like what you the way you think. Yeah, it's good. Uh, well, good. Good. I'm good. Uh, so, if you could do a duet with John Denver, mm. which one of his songs would you want to do with him? And what song not by Jen, John Denver would you want to do with him? Oh, wow. Um, I would... Th- there's a song that he wrote called Perhaps Love. There's a weird story to it, too. He wrote it, and uh, his record label had sort of dropped him, and his new label didn't want him to put this song on. Oh, wow. And so he did this song, and uh, his longtime agent really liked it, but they would not let him put it on the record. He ended up shopping it to Placido Domingo. Weird. Yeah, and Domingo loved it, and said that he would record it, but only if he could do it as a duet with John Denver, which I thought was a lovely gesture. Right? Yeah. But I happen to be a huge anti-fan of pop singers singing with opera singers. I think it sounds horrifying. It sounds weird. It's a dreadful idea. Um, I also hate uh, opera singers singing pop music in general. So that's a, And Michael Bolton, I hate the opposite as well. So it's really <laughs> That was a huge mistake you made, um, trying to be an opera singer. Anyway... Um, so I would want to do that as a duet with him, but not operatically. It would be lovely to do it just as a like two. Oh, guys. cool! Yeah, cool. So that would be the one I choose. And if there was just any song, hmm, any song at all, maybe. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I was thinking of tomorrow from Annie. I don't know. That, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Is the money note in, in yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, well, you know, when I was a boy soprano, the money note was there. Oh, I bet. Different kind of money note. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be fun to do something funny with... I would like to do something... I think uh, tomorrow would be pretty funny. Tomorrow, yeah, maybe maybe that's just it. Uh, but, but, like, funny like what? Um, I don't mean, like, funny like a parody song. I mean something that, that just is... I, I'm thinking, like... Uh, you know, Dolly Parton did a lot of songs that were just kind of funny. 
and I would think like that. You just had a sort of dry wit to it? Yes, exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Like maybe he and I could sing Hard Candy Christmas. That would be slightly <laughs> ironic. Or we could do Islands in the Stream or something, you know what I mean? Something like that. Oh, yeah. I would like that. Cool? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I also read on Wikipedia that uh, that Denver was born in Roswell, New Mexico. Yes, right? Yes, which obviously, is oh. a sci-fi guy, I immediately yeah. thought, what if John Denver was an alien? He's, of course, <laughs> everyone should think that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the people who actually live in or near Roswell, New Mexico, love that association. Yeah, yeah. But if it, if it were true that John Denver was an alien, yes. sent here to communicate to something, to mm. humanity, what... What would that mean for humanity if John Denver was an alien? First of all, I think it would mean that his body got beamed out of the plane before it went down. Awesome. I think we just have to accept right now yeah. that we never found his body. Yeah, he's somewhere in a different galaxy yep. doing, doing television shows with different Muppets. Yeah, yeah, or duets with non-opera singers or something. Yeah, <laughs> something great like that. What would it mean for humanity? You know what? It, it would, it's, a, it's a very good question. He, he came to bring... Peace after the instability of the 1960s, right? Yeah. Because the 50s were sort of like every, locked in, and, and then the 60s were this outrageous explosion uh, to the far extreme of that. You know, everyone was going crazy and free love and burn your bra and burn the Capitol building and this right. and the other thing. <clears throat> Did we do that in the 60s? Did we burn the Capitol I think building? there was a lot of burning. Yeah, a lot of stuff got burned, and then he came along, and he was the exact opposite of that. He was like a callback. He was like a throwback to a gentler time. Although, as we just discussed, he was perhaps not as happy as his music would lead you to believe. Right. But um, I think the message of the music was was sort of you know chill out. Everything's good. Everything's everything's fine. Yeah, it did seem like he was looking. I don't think his music sounds insincere at all. Like we we're talking about no the sincerity. It seems to me like he. Especially since he's so honest about, like, yeah, I got angry and drunk and I did things I'm not proud of. Mm -hmm. So to me, his music seems like somebody who is searching for moments of, of peace. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Which is really nice. Which is lovely. And, and he didn't fit with the, the rock and roll generation, which is what was going on. And the interesting thing is that his music was just as, if not more popular than, than that which was also happening. Like, actually, financially, airplay, Absolutely. all of the normal Air standards yeah. of success. Yeah, it's hugely successful. Awesome. At the time. Awesome. But, but I must digress one more time, <laughs> if you don't mind. Because no, a, it's an interesting story about, about uh, We Are the World. If, oh, okay. If people remember We Are the World, it was For this. anybody who doesn't, give us a little background. Sure. It was the song that was, uh, I believe, produced by USA for Africa, I'm going to say. It was, I think it was for famine relief. USA, the cable network, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is before they showed only golf and cycling like runs. Um, <laughs> no, uh, USA for Africa, because I believe it was what, famine in Ethiopia. Should we just go with that? Hey, that sounds yeah. very 1980s. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Quincy Jones, I believe, wrote the song or co-wrote it with somebody like... Uh, Michael Jackson or okay. anyway, whatever. And so they, they, they brought together all of the great pop artists of the day, and they each like sang a line. I can't, I can't believe I'm talking about this as though people don't know it, but <laughs> there are people younger than me. I and I think some people uh, have tried to force themselves to forget, because sure. it's not a good song. <laughs> sure, it's not. It's not. Uh, and so at any rate, but it was literally everybody who was anybody sang on this record. Right. Uh, from Diana Ross and... Uh, Michael Jackson to Bruce Springsteen and Cyndi Lauper and 
I can do, I think Barbara Streisand, you know, I'm sort of blank. I can see the right. faces, but I'm blanking on the names. Anyway, everybody sang on this record. And John Denver did not. And I have no idea if it was ever, he was expected to, but the story was told to me. <laughs> and I can't remember who told me this story, but uh, Quincy Jones was talking to Bruce Springsteen like in the break room, right? If you, if you, if you imagine they were all, no, no, no. It was Paul Simon. Oh, okay. Paul Simon Very was different. But no, Paul Simon and Springsteen was there and Quincy Jones was there. And I believe it was Paul Simon who was overheard to say, you know, if a bomb hit this place, Denver would be back on top. <laughs> Referring to the fact that everyone who was anyone cool was in that room and if yeah. they all died, then John Denver would be popular again. Which was sort of a backhanded compliment and also incredibly mean at the same time. Yeah. But I do think that that was it. It's, as we talked about, the sarcasm and the irony and the... He was not that. Yeah, he was certainly not... He might have had that inside himself, but he certainly was not giving voice to that. Right. That was his alien message to the people of Earth. (laughs) Kill everybody else on this record, and I'll be back. (laughs) I was going to go with be be good to one another. No, wait, what what did Bill and Ted say? Be cool to one another? Awesome, I believe. Be awesome to one another. Be awesome to one another. Yes, that's the alien message (laughs) from John Denver. From John Denver. (laughs) Be awesome to one another. Okay, so I know that you feel that you are not obsessed, and that's fine. I'm not actually trying to to challenge that. Um, But I I did still prepare all my questions of kind of like, how obsessed are you? So here we go. How often do you hum John Denver? Since I did the show, often. A couple of times a week. At least a couple of times a week. Yeah. And it, you, it, you don't choose. You don't like say, I'm going to take a shower today. I wonder no. who will hum. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, no. <laughs> it just, the it John just, Denver just comes out sometimes. That's right. All right. Um, uh, would you buy a set of John Denver Legos? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I wouldn't. I feel like I should say yes. You don't I have would, to. I wouldn't be Honest answers was, are great. I was never into Legos. What if it had like a little chainsaw and a little Lego and bed little that you Lego could cut in half? If they were Tinker Toys, I might be more <laughs> So you, would, you might buy I John might. Denver Tinker Toys. Yes. And those are like the little wood interconnecting guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because you can make a little cabin yep. with his Jenner stove. Right, that's right. <laughs> and his chainsaw. <laughs> with the griddle and his chainsaw. He was really just about peace yeah. and chainsaws. Or if they were Playmobil maybe. But they, for some reason, Legos were not the, uh, the thing for me. Okay. Uh, would you... Sit down with Hitler and watch a John Denver Muppet special. Oh yeah, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would. Oh my god! Do you think it would be subtitled, or would he like have those headphones in? Oh, like the UN tra- instant translation headphones. Because I'd want him to yeah. understand. Yeah, so you guys could talk about what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it would be translated. Okay, or maybe dubbed <laughs> in German. <laughs> That, that'd so, be interesting. So Statler and Waldorf sound really angry. Right, and sunshine on my shoulders somehow seems like a, a call to arms. <laughs> on my shoulders will make me happy! <laughs> nice. What do you think? Can you sing Hitler's money note? What do you think? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. If David Lynch made a John Denver biopic, would you go see it? I'm still mad at David Lynch for Dune. <laughs> so, absolutely not. I would not. Fair enough. I admired it. I liked Blue Velvet, but oh, Dune. Dune. I, I use Unforgiven. Come on, Dune. Use Unforgiven. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is perfectly fine. Um, do you think John Denver would be a good playable character in Dungeons & Dragons? Oh. Like if oh. you actually rolled up 
his real life stats and translated oh. them into yep like a Dungeons and Dragons bard. Mm-hmm. Would he be worth playing? I've never played a bard, so <laughs> <laughs> really? really, you're like a real life bard. Yeah, but bards didn't exist in Dungeons and Dragons when I was playing before. Okay, and lately now I've just been the DM, so I don't really know what bard. What can bards do? Can they do cool stuff? They sing. I think they're kind of like a charisma person, right? Uh, can they? Does it like healing magic? I don't I like, actually know. Okay, I have know. never played a bard either. I just like to make fun of them. Sure. <laughs> then um, would I? Uh, yes, but so so yes, uh, but I would have to enhance him with magical powers. <laughs> so it'd be John Denver with a magic missile. Yes, and mm-hmm. and the ability to this this because this would be awesome because I I love this and hate this about Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> at the same time, you know you're in the room with the orc and it's like I unstring my I I, I take off my shoulder my twelve string bittern and I sing a, a lay <laughs> that puts him to sleep. It's like really that's that's what you do, but I would have to be able to like take my sitar and uh, and through the power of my voice uh, compel people to behave the way I wanted them to. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that would be great. Um, okay, so this is kind of a, a weird question. If you could bring John Denver back to life, but a current living musician had to die... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you would do that? Yeah. Okay, but who, who would you get rid of? But who decides what qualifies as a musician? Because I would get... <laughs> I would get rid of Justin Bieber or Britney Spears in a heartbeat, but I'm not even sure they qualify as musicians, right? Right. And some people think they are. And if, if we go by, if we accept for a moment mm-hmm. that Justin Bieber is a musician, which, right. by the way, I don't accept, but let's say we accept for that, I would absolutely trade them out in a second. And do you not accept uh, Bieber because you think he doesn't actually have singing chops? He doesn't have writing chops? He's just sort of you know, a product, or is it that kind of argument? Or Yeah, I think he's sort of a, a talentless hack, yep. <laughs> who is a product. Yeah. Did you think he could sing when he was a little kid? I never saw him sing as a little kid. But, but I mean, that's kind of his story that he got discovered. He was discovered like on it, YouTube or something? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I never saw any of those videos, so I don't know. <laughs> but... And, and, and since we are in the midst of, I don't know, do these do these go out live on the air? No. <laughs> these, no. These podcasts? We're in the middle of the Sochi 2014 Winter Olympics. Right. <clears throat> and there are certain things that adults can do that children should not be allowed <laughs> to do. How much time do I have to go off about this? Because uh, we were watching uh, the team skate. We were at Jim's. Uh, mother's house in in california and so we were watching the team skate and the women were skating and they were skating and they were doing their figure skating they were all lovely and out comes this 15 year old girl who apparently qualifies as a woman and she was doing her thing and she was she didn't look like a woman she looked she was too skinny she was, she was a tiny kid. she was a girl she a was teen. a kid yeah and and to put those people side by side and say you're doing the same thing it, it, to me that doesn't that doesn't fly okay i don't, I don't buy that likewise um, it's one thing to say, oh, look at this cute kid singing this great song on YouTube. Look, it's my niece. Sure, but you can't put them side by side with an adult and say, this kid is a musician. Or right. this kid deserves a recording contract. To me, that's stupid. That's right. stupid. So like John Denver and Justin Bieber should not team skate. <laughs> right. <laughs> because Bingo. they don't match. No. no, but I know what you mean. Of, you know what I mean? So yeah, I've tried just, to foist a... Yeah. Uh, adult experience on on a young person is it's, not cool it's not cool 
So if you did have to have this sort of competition then among peers, is there an established musician who you feel is a fully formed adult who can actually sing, but you just don't want them to anymore? (laughs) 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 And you would get rid of them to bring John Denver back? I would... um, Yes. Uh, Yeah, I would... I, I think Rod Stewart has played out. Um, <laughs> he's, he's played his part in I the grand design. Can, I think we can move on from Rod Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. Fair Definitely enough. Michael Bolton. He can, oh, he can go. Yeah, I'm not sure. a I'm not a big Michael Bolton fan. Yeah, no, no. I think that's probably the most awful question I've ever asked <laughs> on the podcast. Of, who would you have removed from existence? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so uh, one, one final question on how obsessed you are. If you found out that John Denver was your father, how would you react? <laughs> no, Dennis, I am your father. Uh, how would I react? I, that explains a lot. <laughs> I might just say that. Um, I, it's, I, I love my parents. I wouldn't trade them for the world. If I found out that John Denver was really my father, I would say, oh, that's, that's really interesting. Maybe that's why I like to sing like him. Maybe that makes sense be- yeah. because of the money note connection. Sure. Yeah. Right. But it, I don't think it awesome. Would it wouldn't awesome. Uh, so do you have any, any final thoughts about John Denver, anything that you really want the world to know hmm. about John Denver or your not obsession with him? I, I, I think he's one of those interesting characters. Uh, I guess he was a real person, not a character. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, everyone's just a character in my play, right? Um, he was a great Lego figure. That's right. <laughs> but when you think of those people who, who, I guess, died before their time, and, and there certainly were many in the musical world, Yeah. Um, I think the interesting thing to know about him is that it's, it's, I think you put your finger on it. He was, he was reaching for something. He was striving for something that he didn't actually live. And I think if people knew that, they wouldn't, they wouldn't dismiss his music so easily. Yeah. Because it might all sound like sunshine and lollipops, but yeah. that wasn't the truth of his life. And yeah. I think if people knew that, they might hear the music differently. Well, I came to that because of because of you and watching your show, because your show also had the the sort of narrative of your own life of wanting to pursue mm-hmm. what you wanted to do, right? And that kind of show about John Denver was what you wanted to do, and to me, because you you were telling us this about yourself, this happy moment, then these sort of these songs that are kind of explosions of totally sincere joy mm. were then enjoyable. Where when I just heard them on the radio, they just sort of be like, why are you trying to make me feel happy about cooking pancakes in the forest, you fucker? With the L's. With the L's. Well, then I would have liked that. <laughs> that was a part of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Elves in the window. <laughs> the point nice. is that I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm glad that you shared John Denver with me in that way that, that could make me enjoy and think about what it is to be in the moment of pursuing happiness or peace oh, i nice. think that's i think it's well, great that's lovely thank you well thank you um so i have my final questions that okay. i have for everybody on the podcast great. um 
if you could sing with any animal, what animal would you want to sing with? Like a duet? A duet. Um, I would want to sing with something that flies. So uh, <laughs> I am going to go with... Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, one of those little snow white birds. Like, uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Would you sing about cleaning or would you... I, no, I think we would. I think we would like. I think we'd be like an infomercial for the Travel Channel. I think we'd sing about going places. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it'd be a, a Travel Channel like documentary or a commercial. I think like a commercial. A commercial. Yeah. So it'd be like you and William Shatner and a bird. <laughs> right, and maybe Kaylee Cuoco because she's actually a pretty good addition to those. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, if you could shoot anything out of your hands, what would you shoot? Oh, I would want to shoot everything out of my hands because it's <laughs> not ping pong balls. At different yeah. times of my life, I've imagined being able to do all of those things. Right. But if I had to choose one thing, I I would choose uh, anti gravity. Oh, so you could just kind of like repulse yourself off the ground. Yep. And and float about. Or flip things over, or or push things away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. See that you are you're such a mix of, of romance and pragmatism. You really thought about what exact technology do I need right. to maximize my hand shooting abilities? And that's it. that would be it right there. That's awesome. Uh, okay, and the final question for everyone: uh, What is happiness? Oh, and I feel like didn't I answer this on the last? You did, you did, because I've just decided to ask people every fucking time, okay. no matter what. Okay, that's a good that's a good question. Uh, happiness is. Uh, Happiness is that moment when somebody calls you up and says, yes, I want to book your John Denver show in my 2,000-seat theater. <laughs> and you say, thank you, I'll be there on Thursday. Excellent. And can you, can you take us out with a money note? Oh, sure. Um, let's see. Never saw an eagle fly Rocky Mountain High Thank you, that is our podcast. Woo! <laughs> You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. So here is a quick commercial at the end of my podcast uh, about my Patreon. If you don't know what a Patreon is, it is a new crowdfunding site that uh, helps independent artists keep things going by giving ongoing amounts of little bits of money. And what I'm doing on my Patreon is I'm writing comedy blog posts. So if you're interested in that, you can go to Patreon slash Joseph Scrimshaw and check that out. And uh, I don't want to just do a commercial. I want to make it specific to this podcast episode. So Dennis is still here with me Hello. in my home. Hello. Yes. And he is going to sing a John Denver line about my Patreon. And uh, uh, if you're willing to sing this, Dennis, supporting Joseph Scrimshaw on Patreon makes me happy. Oh, okay. I, I know the syllables don't. Oh, if you have, go go for your two. own. I'm gonna do two. Okay. You pay for my blog post with your ongoing donation. I like that one. And uh, what's the symmetry? <laughs> this other one. Um, okay. Supporting Joseph Scrimshaw makes me happy. On Patreon. <laughs> Am part. I pronouncing that part right? <laughs>
Yes. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.